moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Seven minutes after eight and welcome to the Forum at Eight. So this morning we are talking to Secretary General of the newly launched Labour Federation, SAFTU, Mr. Zwelin Zimavavi. And we've just seen a 700,000 workers represented by 1.384 voting delegates from uh, 24 unions and uh, of course also other non-voting unions uh, taking a decisive step towards building a new vibrant and we are told independent democratic workers federation so we'll engage mr Vavi on this to find out exactly what all of this means thank you so much for coming through thank you sakina and thank you to all of you for arranging this and giving us a platform just to explain and good morning to every listener Indeed. And of course, um, SAFTU, um, how is SAFTU going to be different, first of all, uh, from a COSATU or a FEDUSA? You've just said it <laughs> in your introduction. We, in fact, initially with the discussion with both, both, with both FEDUSA and NACTU leadership, agreed that uh, based on the challenges that are facing the working people today, the fact that there is a representation crisis, and the reality that unions were fragmenting and that the voice of workers was forever declining and uh, was in fact disappearing in many respects of both economic and social political life of South Africa. There was therefore a need to try and build unity of workers but based on certain set of principles. So we all agreed that uh, the first principle must be that the trade union movement in order for it to gain attraction must be independent from any political party, must be independent from any employer, be private or public, and must never ever get into the same bed with the with political parties or employers. And we agreed with on this. And uh, with NACTU and Fedosa, we agreed that unions must be democratic by nature, must truly be worker-controlled, and never ever must it uh, happen again that uh, hundreds and thousands of workers get dismissed into their unions by the bureaucrats who occupy the positions of leadership and who claim to act on behalf of the interest of uh, the overwhelming majority of workers when they not, but uh, representing the external political interest of political parties that uh, will then cave uh, their way into marching towards a cushioned job in parliament and into cabinet. We agreed that the unions must be campaigning, must be, uh, uh, must be truly militant, must be fighting in the context of the worsening economic and socio-economic situation of workers in South Africa. We hear talk about the, the worsening unemployment, the fact that uh, more and more millions of workers are being pushed into the precarious forms of jobs, uh, labor brokers outsourced, and all of that. So those three principles are the guiding principles that will make this federation different from many that exist today. And, of course, there will be some skepticism um, 
granted where you come from, uh, your background, the fact that NUMSA was essentially at the forefront of uh, starting this new trade union federation. And if we look at what's happening in South Africa of late, uh, we see all these marches. And it is, of course, expected because um, if you think about it, trade unions do influence public discourse. And uh, by you coming out on a certain side of the current public sentiment, how do you think that will play out in the public domain and influence people actually seeing you as different from where you come from? One thing that every South African worker will know and accept is that myself in my personal capacity would have made mistakes, many mistakes. I'm not uh, an angel. No one is an angel. And all of us make both political and personal mistakes. And my personal and political mistakes are known. I've accounted for them. And I've never sought to hide them or to be arrogant when a mistake is clearly a mistake. But one thing for sure, and uh, I'm associated with those that have started to speak out against the rot that was happening in the country way back and uh, and for that i gained both enemies and friends and my enemies became many at least in the context of the cosato central executive committee and i was flushed out and so was numsa so was many other activists from sato from nihao from bob crew in in uh, samu in satao all of them for pointing out the incidents of corruption within their unions. So that's the history that we cannot change. But what we can determine now is the future of what type of a trade union movement we should build, but also armed by the experiences, our own practical experiences and the mistakes that we have committed in the past. And that's why we are marching and confronting the future, better positioned to be able to to provide uh, or to help make a contribution in changing the the circumstances workers are facing, but more importantly, in changing the course of action for South Africa as a whole. And with regard to your membership, now that you have launched, um, what is the membership of SAFTU? We we launched with seven hundred thousand members. And, Have uh, those been audited? With, of course, we didn't audit that. We didn't audit that. We allowed unions to make their claims, but we will audit them. That's a decision that have been taken after after this Congress. We will make sure that every union that claims this membership can provide proof that um, this is the membership. But what I can say is that the seven hundred thousand members at the launch is something that nobody have done before. This is the biggest ever bringing together of unions representing that size of membership. Uh, we're quite proud about that. But, Sakina, we're not arrogant about it. We see the, the coming into play of SAFTU only as the first step in a long journey to bring together unions that believe that trade unions must be independent and must be democratic and must be campaigning. And uh, we, we, we give us some 6 to 18 months, and uh, you will see the picture turning all together in the labor market. We will be knocking at NACTU. NACTU is having a congress in July. 
We're convincing many unions inside Kosato, outside Kosato. In we're going to continue engaging. Fedusa will engage uh, unions like PSA, all of them who believe that uh, trade unions must be about worker issues, must be about prioritizing South Africa, must be that they never ever regard themselves as more important to the broader interest of the working class and broader interest of South Africa. All of those people belong together. The fears that they may have about that we will be swallowed and will be dominated, we will ensure that nobody carries such a fear moving forward. The bottom line is... Workers who believe that unions must be independent from political manipulation, from bosses, belong together. And the, uh, the, the call I want to make this morning on behalf of the leadership of SAFTO is that all unions that believe in those principles must, uh, must, must approach us. We, we are only starting a long journey. South African tra- trade union movement have been thoroughly fragmented. We have 182 unions that are registered and yet only representing about 28% of the workforce in the formal sector. So you can see that the more unions there are, the lesser the influence uh, workers have on policy questions. And that's why the material conditions of the working people as we celebrate 23 years of democracy tomorrow are just worsening. Unemployment is getting worse. We've become the most unequal society in the world. A few is enjoying the fruits of the economy. The overwhelming majority, mainly black workers, are being sidelined and uh, are being humiliated and their dignity have not been fully retained. Poverty remains widespread. I mean, with 25 million people earning below the the poverty line and 14 million facing hunger and going into bed every night without anything to eat, you can see that there is a need to take up those issues, those struggles at the militant level. And that's why we have in this Congress decided not to just dance in the periphery. What we have done in this Congress is to look at what are the fundamental structural crises South Africa is facing. And we have agreed that the first crisis is the capitalism, the system of capitalism itself. The fact that South Africa and the world celebrate the exploitation of the many by a few and which leads to the current crisis all over of poverty and, uh, and, and want. And secondly, we agreed that in the context of South Africa, what we are dealing with is the vestiges of a colonial era that have not ended. An economy that was designed from the beginning to serve the interest of a tiny white minority to the exclusion of the black majority. An economy that was an outpost for the extraction of minerals that uh, will be beneficiated and benefit the economies of the of the of the invading imperialist uh, countries and now increasingly china included it's an economy that was never designed to take full advantage of the fact that uh, we have the second best land in the world we are the home of many many minerals 
and yet we're not benefiting from it. The land still belongs to a tiny minority, to the exclusion of the of the overwhelming minority and majority. And that's why the Congress makes a call to say land must return, and that the people who were dispossessed of their of their land must not be asked to to compensate those that uh, uh, historically have taken that land through a barrel of the gun. So that's the fundamentals of South Africa's uh, crisis. As long as those uh, structural problems exist 23 years, the more we will still continue talking about the worsening unemployment, the worsening poverty, the worsening inequality, but now also because of the system of capitalism itself that breeds greed and me first to hell with everybody else, we will always breed the 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 the, the political hyenas mm. who think that they have a right to eat from the people and uh, and that our people must be reduced into clapping hands whilst they are eating. Okay, let's turn those two inwards: uh, the unemployment uh, crisis and uh, the capitalism. Let's start with unemployment. Um, by your own admission, the unemployment uh, crisis globally um, is actually, you know growing uh, it's exacerbating so what sort of threat does that pose for a new trade union federation because some would say uh, is this not uh, an indication that perhaps you're becoming irrelevant in this space because more and more people are excluded from the global economy absolutely but then that's why when we when we were debating in the congress we had a set of Agreements on what should be the 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 character of SAFTU of the federation, and one of those is that we want to be a broad labour movement, a trade union movement that just chases big workplaces in 2017 and organises uh, public servants, uh, state-owned enterprises, big uh, private firms uh, such as uh, uh, Mercedes-Benz and uh, and uh, Isco and Metalbox have no future. The future of any trade union movement belongs in a movement that first and foremost recognizes that there is a broad working class and that it must find cause to unite with the unemployed workers. It must speak and act on behalf of the unemployed workers. It must champion their cause for the restructuring of the economy and decolonialization of our economy. It must find cause with the outsourced workers, with the casualized workers. It must take up the battle against outsourcing as well as against the labor brokering. It must just demand that every worker that does the same job with your other colleague must be paid the same salary. It must find cause, a common cause, with the workers in the informal sector, those who are selling bananas and fruits outside the factory gates and those who are involved in the recycling activities and those that are involved in small uh, shoe-making, shoe-fixing businesses everywhere else, those are the working people. And it must find common cause even with small uh, 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 employers who are struggling to get into into business because these are workers, all of them trying to escape from the clutches, the clutches of poverty. And, and that's what a broad labor movement should be. Mm-hmm. It's a movement not just of narrow trade union members who, from big firms. It's a movement of a broad front 
of a trade unionist and, uh, and, and those who are still in training. And that's why, we, for example, we're taking up the issues of basic education because without us fixing the education crisis in South Africa, this economy will never ever uh, uh, get out of the current vicious cycle where millions and millions of our people are just trapped in dehumanizing poverty. And we've already put up a Section 77 notice to government to say we want to work with you or to push you if you don't want to work with us to ensure that we address the crisis before uh, our kids are registered at grade one. At grade R, there are huge problems in our country of educators who sometimes don't even know who should be employing them, who, get, who don't get uh, their salaries. There are huge problems at the basic education level where up to 52% of the, of the students who start at grade R do not arrive in matric in the required period of 12 years and that a tiny minority then goes into universities and that uh, a tiny minority eventually get the university degrees. And if you listen to the, to the statistician general uh, who says that in the 80s uh, the, the, the universities of South Africa were producing one for every, let me say, they were producing a ratio where ev- in, for every one black child there used to be one and a half white child getting a university degree. And it says in 2016 for every single black child there are six there are six white students who are getting the university meaning that we are going straight back to to the apartheid era and that's why the 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 inequalities between black and whites are, are deepening and not ending and yet 23 years down the line we should be talking about statistics that says that that should be saying that we are moving into the opposite direction than what was designed by the apartheid masters and um, uh, just before I go to the lines, let's talk about finances and capitalism um, that you touched on briefly. But how are you going to set yourself up differently as SAFTU? Because very often uh, you find trade union movements, um, you know, who do come into quite a bit of money, but never seems to use it for the benefit of the workers. Um, you even have instances whereby individuals benefit from this and become very wealthy and the workers never benefit. How are you going to set yourself apart in that regard? Part of the worker control uh, principle we have adopted is the principle that says workers must start to control what belongs to them. And what belongs to them is the trillion rands in the private and another trillion rands in the public uh, pension fund schemes. We want the Pension Fund Act to be, to, be, to, be, to be changed so that it can at least make a provision that the pension funds can invest in the infrastructure where workers come from, in their rural areas, in their townships. Currently, the pension funds trustees are obliged by the law to always at 100% look for maximum benefits for the pension funds. And the maximum benefits can only come from building glass buildings in Santin, in other city centers all over South Africa and as well as in the world. When workers drive in Santin to go and do their shifts, they must know that the money that is being built, that is building those glass buildings there is their money. 
in mm. their money when they go and see the activity in the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. They should rest. They should rest assured that that's actually the trillions of friends that they they have. When they see PIC involved in activities of of uh, of lending money, they should say that that's our money. And yet these workers do not have houses. Uh, they are being told that they are far too rich to to. To, to 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 be accommodated in the RTP schemes and they are too far too poor they are far too poor to be accommodated by the banks through the the bonds they are in between and we think that the pension funds act must be must be amended and uh, to make sure that uh, we it can develop a scheme a banking s- system of some kind to borrow money to workers for workers to 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 to, to pay back on reasonable premiums that they can afford. So that's the first thing that we want to do. And secondly, we think that the unions that they have investment companies must make sure that the beneficiaries of such investment companies must be the working people themselves and that these investment companies must be put under a full democratic control of the structures of the union such that they must never ever be used uh, for private individuals who are in the leadership will benefit whilst workers only smell that there are billions and billions that are being accumulated by the workers. To be fair, some unions have done that very, very well, uh, both inside Cosato and outside Cosato. Uh, some investment companies have done wonders in stopping job losses. Some investment companies have provided a range of social services to, it, to their members, from medical health to provision of housing to bursaries and all of that. That's well and good. But the main reason why investment companies were created was to make a contribution in job creation. And that must be our measure as to whether they are successful or not. To what extent are you helping us save our jobs? And to what extent are you helping us create more jobs in the economy? Well, uh, I have many more questions, but so do you. 891 We are speaking this morning to SAFTU's General uh, Secretary, Mr. Zwelin Zimavavi, and taking your calls. Now, let's start with Godwin and Nigel. Good morning, Godwin. Good morning, Sakina. Are you speaking here to Golden Mouth Voodoo? And good morning, Comrade Zavi. Good morning to you, my comrade. Look, I'm very, very excited about this federation. You know, this is long overdue. I, most of the time, had a lot of scrimmages with Professor Friedman when I was insisting that Posato was never a federation. It was a congress. Uh, because when one goes and looks into what the definition is in the Oxford and also in the Stanford Dictionary, including the Verklaren der Wordebook, der Tüffnerenstein, they say that a federation is a system of government to which several parties form unity but remain independent in internal affairs. That COSATO was never. COSATO was a congress which says that people coming together, formal meeting, delegates for discussion. And it is where you can influence individuals who are in very strategic positions, individual uh, unions, threaten them, victimize them, and tell them to do certain things and vote into a certain direction. That is what was was the biggest downfall of Ikosato. And I am very optimistic because I've read also the document of the launching of the uh, Federation. When one goes to La Pabu Samari, 
summary notes of the constitution. It says within the federation, affiliates must have their own worker control autonomy. Differences within and between affiliates must be tolerated, but the federation must have the authority to intervene and preserve unity and maximize cooperation and internal democracy. Thank you for reading, Miles. You are a good reader. Thank you. (laughs) Comrade, in in conclusion, you know most I'm a prisoner's rights activist. We 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 are just wondering that maybe in the future we could talk with the federation to assist us at the Constitution, the Labor Relations Act, it must be amended and looked into to get our prisons industrialized so that our prisons contribute towards people going in there with skills and putting them at work. Those who don't have skills, skill them while they are in prison and unionize them so that they belong to a independent federation so that when they come, while they are unionized, they are not going to eat and lay in prison. They are going to pay for their staying. They are going to pay for their medical attention. They are going to put money into into a trust fund, money into a victim's trust fund, family trust fund, and also pay subscription fee to a union that is affiliated to the federation. And I can go on and on, comrades. Thank you so much for the call there, uh, Golden Miles Budu. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And we're speaking to Zwelin Zimavavi, who is the General Secretary of the newly launched uh, Union Federation, SAFTU. And taking your calls, 891 Mr. Vavi, hold on to that comment from Miles. Uh, the question's there because uh, we have quite a few callers, so let's run through those. Tapiwa in Johannesburg, good morning. Good morning, how are you talking now? I'm well, thanks, and you? Uh, good morning, Mr. Vavi. Good morning to you. Um, Mr. Vavi, um, we're waiting for this other company. So we wanted to, uh, it's a transport company. So my question is, um, on the main agreement, uh, collect, on the main ag- agreement collective, they, they are saying um, we, we should be working from Monday to Friday, only for five hours. Um, is that correct? Um, Tapiwa, okay, yes. so, 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 where are you going with this? Um, the thing is, uh, when we are, um, we are working for four to five hours from Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. but they are including Saturday as a working, or as a working, uh, as a working day, of which we are being paid with overtime. And the other thing is, uh, on weekends, they, they push us, uh, to go out of, um, out of our uh, initial, we, 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 if, if you load on a Thursday or Friday, then yeah, they, will, uh, they will force you to go, um, when you are going to Cape Town, you go to, to the airport, to park in the airport, and uh, they, will, they will not pay us as an, uh, whilst we are standing in the airport. And the other thing, when we were being paid with um, six things, so when, you, when we went to overtime, uh, our basic was dropped. I, I don't know. I just wanted to find out from Mr. Ravi that is it lawful or they are doing things, these things are lawful according to the main agreement, uh, collective main agreement. Okay. Thanks, Tapiwa. All right. Let me start with Miles. Miles, we are excited. I think the overwhelming majority of South Africans are excited too that a new kid has come to the block and that it will make a difference and that uh, the unions are determined to make a huge difference. We're taking uh, the suggestion that you're making. 
that perhaps we must uh, amend the LRA to look as whether the prisoners cannot be unionized and to to engage with issues of uh, skilling them whilst they're still inside and make sure that when they come out they can be integrated far more easier into society than it is the case now. There's some training that is happening in our prisoners in our prisoners already and thanks in the main to your efforts and efforts of others. But maybe we need to look at how we can scale that up to make sure that uh, prisons doesn't become a a, a a mechanism to build or breed more criminals but builds better members of society. Thank you for that and thank you for very much for reading our documents. Sagina asked me during the break, what will make us different from others? This is what we think we must be different from others. It's something called service in the unions. The reason why workers do no longer belong to unions is because unions are pretty useless, I must say. They do not service. They they more like insurance companies where you just get a, a subscription, a debit order monthly, and you derive no benefits or any joy from from that the congress was absolutely determined to say look we've got to be different from everybody on the basis of the service we're providing to members to protect their jobs and uh, to help them uh, improve their their chances of uh, uh, getting better opportunities of promotion in the workplace to fight for employment equity that is linked to training and uh, and but also to ensure that uh, they, they, we stop the bullying in the workplace by, by managers and all of that. We're moving towards developing of a common uh, SAFTU service charter that will be a guide not only to members to hold shop squads, organizers, and the leadership to account, to account, but that will be practiced by every constitutional structure to monitor. We going to build mechanisms of how from recruiting uh, do we build systems that will ensure that workers uh, do not join just for the sake of uh, paying subscriptions, but do so because they have joined the trade union movement for protection in the workplace. That's what we will do very, very differently. Now, in relation to the question that uh, is being asked by Tapina, firstly, I cannot claim from where I'm sitting that I can remember every aspect of the main agreement that have been signed between the unions and their employers, nor will I remember all of the stipulations of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act regulating the working hours in the transport industry. So I I can't help you. If there is a way, I will take your number and then call you back once I have done my own investigation in relation to that. All I know is this that the exploitation of uh, truck drivers, the exploitation of bus drivers, the exploitation of security workers, the, ex- the exploitation of domestic workers and, and cleaning workers must come to an end, including, I must say, the retail, the retail store workers, the, f- the fast food uh, stores, because this is where there has been what you can only call the scope creep, the basic, the basic Conditions of Employment Act gives us a 45 working week. And uh, in all of the, sect- the sectors of the economy I've mentioned, that has been undermined systematically. People mm. are being forced to work way beyond, beyond 45 hours. 
at no overtime. People are being dumped at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the streets without being provided transport to go home and they become victims of the marauding criminals who take advantage of uh, women workers in particular. So we want to start a huge campaign. Uh, We will start city by city. a, 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 a mall to another mall. We will be standing outside the malls recruiting workers, but also getting agreements uh, from, uh, for example, Santin Mall to say every employer here must hook up with these uh, bus companies or taxi associations to make sure that no worker gets dumped into the streets at 11 o'clock without being provided the public transport to go home. So those campaigns is what will return the trust workers should have in their trade unions. All right. Many more questions still to come. Uh, 0891-104-208. Our guest this morning, uh, the uh, General Secretary of SAFTU, Mr. Zwelinzi Mavavi. Mpumelelo is calling from Cape Town. Good morning. Morning, Sagin. How are you doing? Good and you? Very well, Sagin. Sagin, I've got two questions. Uh, Mr. Vavi knows that the South African economy, you know, from time immemorial, you know, was built, you know, on 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 comparative advantage, which is based on location and the natural resources that we have, as well as the cheap labor that drives, you know, this economy. So, our understanding, you know, as we we're growing up, you know, was that when we become liberated, you know, we would see South Africa move out of this comparative advantage, you know, into a competitive uh, uh, space where, you know, we, we concentrate on manufacturing, you know, instead of relying on just take bulk resources and sell them at, you know, at the highest bidder, if I can put it that way. So what are we doing, you know, at the firm level, you know, at the level of the firms to try and, you know, find ways, you know, to manufacture some of the resources, to manufacture some of the resources that we have so that we can increase the wages of, I mean, the the wages of workers and we can create more employment. Number two, we're seeing technology creeping in, you know, into the space, for instance, in the mining industry. And yet we're seeing the level of learning for the workers is going down, you know. So how do we balance the two? Lastly, Oh, come now. Um, Pumelelo, others when also want to ask questions. Uh, oh, and I lost you anyway. But I have to say this last bit, please. Okay. Hey, I have to ask. When I, was a, when I was a young man growing up in Port Elizabeth, I liked metal and, and component workers' union. You know, when I joined the mining industry, I liked the era of Tatupa High because during that time, there was no confusion about what the workers were fighting for, you know, you know, proper accommodation, higher wages, and all of this. Then we, we became a democracy. All, all of a sudden, things got bled, Sakin. You know, we had this tripartite alliance. You know, we had general secretaries of, you know, Noom playing golf with the employers. And there is a confusion. So now I just want to ask Mr. Vav, what are we really, you know, as workers fighting for? You know, mm. now that we live in a bled society where, you know, people... You are high up on the on the trade unions are also members, you know, of a tripartite alliance. Mm. And you have lots of politicians who invest in the mining industry. All Thank right. you, ma'am. Thanks, Mpumelelo. Anonymous in Elspreet. Hello, Anonymous. Okay, we'll come back there. Mzwandile is in East London. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to you and Lisa. 
Welcome. Yes. Uh, let's sit down. Uh, I would like to know uh, from uh, uh, Mr. Uh, how is he going to make sure that uh, when the companies, you know, that undermine our labor laws, especially the job rights and Coca-Cola, because the employees that have been employed for more than 15 years, others have been employed for 20 years, but hey, those employees, they are still uh, temporary. They are not permanent. They don't get the permanent benefits. Okay, Mzondile, let's try and fix your line there. We'll come back. I uh, heard a little bit about uh, employers where uh, people are working for more than 15 years, but still, Tim. Okay, Mzondile, um, Mr. Vavi says he got the gist of uh, what you were getting at there. Let's hear from Tulani in East London. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my question, I'm coming from Tanzania. My question is, um, how this union going to reach the institutions like public sector hospitals? Because we want to get out of this near house um, um, unions. And how are the, how we're going to reach the institutions like Sistema Kiwana, the free hospitals, and other institutions? My second question, I have a big problem with Dukuha um, uh, Industrial Development and PE. Since it was discovered or established in 1999, it has no union, and yet there are hundreds and thousands of employees there who would like to join the, the, the unions. And how Mr. Vav is going to be able to to liaise and um, and to reach Koha development for for them to have a better union? Thank you. Thanks, Chulani. Lucas in Polukwane. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Good, and you? I'm fine. I want to ask your guest today. Is it true that Ivan Jean and his comrades went to Inkanda during the Mangaung conference <laughs> to go and persuade Jacob Zuma to ask the ANC to make him his vice, to make him to be the ANC's vice president? Two, are they going to ask the DA to go and join when they are marching against the uh, labor brokers? Hello? Okay. Yes. Yes. And my question is, he doesn't know whether... Ivan Jim went to Inkanda. He must ask, uh, call him now. We want to know whether it's true or not. Okay. Thank you so much, Lucas. Uh, Marule and Bush Park Ridge. How are you? Good and you? I'm fine. Uh, the, the first question that I wanted to ask, I think, has been a touch and will appreciate it, like the issue of the these workers working in this big shopping mall who will work in restaurant and knock off at, at 12, sometimes midnight, without transport. I think I heard him when he was responding. My, my second question, which is major, is this one. Of these trade unions that are having investment uh, companies, eh? mm-hmm. and then we as members, we don't see, we don't see the benefits when dividends are declared, it's only leadership that is benefiting. And like I'm working there, when I lose my job, I will not get even a single cent from those uh, dividends that have been declared by these investors. How are they going to ensure that the uh, members, like benefiting in terms of when companies make money and pay dividends to these, uh, you know, uh, assisting the, employ- the children of these employees in the form of bursaries and skills? That, that, because really all these unions are having an investment doing. But members are not benefiting from that. Okay. That Thanks so much, Mlu. I think he touched on it, but he can elaborate on it. Um, let's answer those, and then we'll take a few last ones after these responses. Mpumelelo's question was absolutely fundamental in terms of what we said. We want to undermine the basic foundations of a colonial economy, 
as well as uh, the system of capitalism that exploits workers and creates inequalities, greed, corruption, and all of that. And we've already, Bumalelo and the listeners, submitted a Section 77 notice to NEDLEC on the 9th of December last year, where the first demand is we want government to tell us what is that that they are doing to stop the current job loss bloodbath. There's a bloodbath that is unfolding in the manufacturing sector. In the poultry industry, workers are, are, are on the edge of their seats. They are being retrenched. The steel industry is bleeding. The clothing and textile have almost disappeared from the face of our country. And a host of other manufacturing. In fact, in, in, in 1994, which is now exactly 23 years ago, manufacturing was contributing about 20-23% to the GDP. It has gone down to 9-10-11% as we speak. There have been an absolute pandemonium because government, instead of looking at what said, uh, uh, someone else, I think it was, it was uh, Tulani, said must be the competitive advantage of how do we restructure the economy so that we don't become just a signpost for a, uh, foreign companies increasingly come to invest and extract the minerals and send it all elsewhere for beneficiation elsewhere and bring it back. We have been singing uh, beneficiation f- f- from before 1994. It has not happened in the scale that uh, is warranting any form of notice or even celebration. So but we're asking government, where is your plan to, to restructure the economy? Where is your plan to change the industrial base of South Africa based on the advantage of the minerals? Where is your plan to beneficiate? And if they can't give us the the plan, we will go out in the streets and and demand it uh, through demonstrations and all of that 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 have to happen to force government to rethink its uh, its strategy altogether. What would you then say to the argument that it is uh, the unions, precisely because of the unions and what they advocate, uh, that we are seeing these bloodbaths because the South African economy has become, um, not economy, the the, the South African manufacturing uh, sector has become um, uncompetitive in that space. If people can import stuff, for cheaper than what it can be bought for at home where it is manufactured, why should they go for the more expensive option? This is a good question you're asking in the context of the reality workers are facing now. Let's look at the poultry industry. Can you really blame workers that government have signed uh, tariffs uh, agreements with the European Union, with the rest of the world, including uh, the BRICS country? that allow them to dump into the South African economy the pieces of chicken that they do not need, that they do not want their people to consume because they are too fat and they think that uh, these pieces of chicken are good only for the Africans uh, somewhere in, in the African continent. You can't blame workers for that. You can't blame for the workers for the fact that the companies do not have a, a coordinated or do not have to respond to a coordinated industrial policy with a well-developed, equipped 
capacitated uh, uh, Department of Trade and Industry that can push R&D to make sure that we train not only managers but workers in in a mass scale so that all of us can adapt to the technological uh, changes that are happening in the manufacturing sector all the time. I've been interacting with the with the employers in the in the leather and in the shoe industry around Peter Marisbeck and and KwaZulu Natal, and through R and D they could they could show they could see and they could show that they were able to beat the competition from China because they produce quality shoes in South Africa that uh, that uh, the South African retailers will prefer that are cheap that logistically makes sense for them to to source from within our country. But where is the DTI that have a capacity to ensure that that we can compete not only in relation to the shoe industry but in relation to the rest of the of the of the industry? So that's the point that I think that we are pushing at Nedlec now. We want government to table a plan that we can relate with. Now, in the technological revolution is something that is just coming. The reason why we're taking the battle for better education in Nedlec is so that we can we can adapt. We're not getting sidelined and become yet another dark continent where we're not uh, moving with the rest of the world and then lose jobs in mass because we're not, uh, we're not responding. Then Mzwandila raises a very, very important question about uh, the dignity of workers in the retail sector. We are taking up the campaign. We will go back to the original demand of labor, that labor brokers must be banned, that the Department of Labor must develop capacity to monitor and to enforce any form of legislation, that trade unions must have their teeth back and that they mustn't be toothless sweethearts that can't even enforce the existing victories that workers have have scored. And then uh, the question that Lucas was was asking about uh, moving out of the sweetheart unions, workers are already moving out of the sweetheart unions all over the hospitals in the Eastern Cape, and uh, and they are they are joining unions such as Salipsu and other unions that are part of the federation. We welcome that development, but let me come back to the point that uh, uh, Bumelelo was raising. Twenty or about twenty years, seventeen years into democracy, a tragedy started to unfold within Kosatu. When the leadership began part of what we can call the status quo, the defenders of the status quo, when they suddenly saw benefits for themselves as the leaders into maintaining the status quo because the status quo was giving them at the personal level benefits. They become managers of the capitalist order. They become bureaucrats of the Department of Education and the Department of Health and the defending the status quo. And it is in that defense of the status quo that sucked the trade union movement into the state bureaucracy as the defenders of today instead of uh, the organizations that should be undermining the status quo that actually means greater levels of unemployment, greater levels of undermining the rights of workers and all of that. Okay. And, 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 then and, 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 and the, Lucas, the go to Nkandla I've not been in Nkandla, by the way, to ask for he any said job. Jim went I've on your been, behalf. Let me, let me explain why Jim there, went there. Very briefly, Very because briefly. I want to take a few more calls. Jim and uh, Sergina and the National Office Bearers of Numsa went to Nkandla. After making an assessment of President Zuma's five-year uh, in government, 
And the assessment was a very negative one to say, but whereas we were waiting for and we we're hoping for a decent work agenda for the addressing of the education, healthcare, and the rural poverty and, and, and fighting corruption and crime, we have received only the opposite. And so they went to, 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 to JZ and say, we will support you in the second term, but on condition there is a change of direction in policy and in deed. And in that context, it was President Jacob Zuma who raised my name, not uh, Ivan Jim, not Numsa. It was him who said, what a pity that Zuelin Zimavavi refused to join the National Executive Committee in 2007 because it would have been much more easy to lobby for somebody like him to be the deputy president, to change the direction. But then out of the meeting, he suddenly twisted to say it is Ivan Jim and Numsa that went to plead for my case in, uh, in Gandla. Nonsense. Part of the propaganda to try and discredit Numsa and me. Okay. Uh, very briefly to the rest of the callers, we only have like 15 seconds, so please get to the point very fast, each of you. Ngabayomzi uh, Kwankwa, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Molo Putzulet. Welcome back. Molo And I think the problem, precisely, I think the, the reason why we are sitting with this problem, especially in the manufacturing sector, people will remember that it was due to the misguided policies of the ANC when it implemented an over-enthusiastic trade liberalization program in 1995. If you remember, most of the manufacturing sector companies that are, are doing very well internationally, they were sheltered behind the walls of protectionism so that they were not exposed unnecessarily to foreign competition until they were ready. We must do that in South Africa. I think it's important. But I think the other issue with really, which I think you need to focus on, is the exploitation of illegal foreign nationals in South mm. Africa who are employed by businesses that say, in, in Cape Town, for example, they are proud to declare that they are not employing black South Africans. And when you report that to the Department of Labor, nothing is done about it. It needs to be addressed because it, it creates, it is the mother of all the tensions sometimes that exist between South Africans and foreign nationals, whether they are legally, illegally here or legally here, doesn't matter because they don't distinguish between the two. Okay. The other issue which I think you used to fight for is casualization, mm. which this union currently is not fighting about because that is the impoverishment of black people in general in South Africa through casualization. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Geraldine Durban, good morning. Uh, Sakina, just in the interest of transparency, can uh, Mr. Vavi declare him and his wife's net worth and what's his current salary? And then just one more very important point. He was a great defender of the Satu Teachers Union, a teachers union that has probably produced uh, in those state schools 40, 40% of the kids cannot read and write. He defended these people. Going forward, will he defend union workers that are simply not prepared to do their jobs or can't do their jobs? Because going forward, they will lose more jobs, and it's called robotics. And if he can't see it coming, they'll, they'll replace every worker for a robot that doesn't want to do his job. Okay. Um, Lou in Durban? Um, Lou, very briefly, what's your question? No, the question is just to put the matter at rest, Sakina. The whole question of a 1 million rand or 10 million rand, that's what alleged uh, Comrade Vazi took with his daughter. Just to put the matter for the last time for all the listeners to understand where are we with that matter, because we understand if it was, if it's told that money is supposed to be in jail right now. Thank you. Thanks, Mlu. Well, Mr. Vavi? This is the first time I'm hearing that there's a million rand that was taken by my daughter or myself. Never heard of this allegation before. It's nonsense. It doesn't exist. I think it's part of those gossips that are happening when people assassinate the character of uh, individuals in their absence. I don't know that. 
And uh, secondly, in terms of disclosing of my salary, I'm the only one who keeps on doing that and nobody else follows that example. And uh, I earn a gross salary of 51,000 rands now. And uh, I would want to challenge everybody to disclose their salaries. And uh, people don't. They say, have it disclosed, but they will not start with themselves in, in disclosing. Then they will attack the one who discloses and who's honest. I can't disclose uh, on behalf of my wife. I mean, I know that we married, but I can't go now to say she must be bound by the same principles that I hold as a trade unionist to disclose and to be transparent. I guess that you will have to find her and, and get her to, to disclose her own salary in terms of whatever activities that she's involved in. Ngabayomzi, thank you very much for that. We will take up the issue of the exploitation of foreign workers. We will unite them with the local workers. And uh, the, we will, uh, uh, by the way, in response to the whole question about education and SATU, we will be different in that we will prioritize the interest of the African child and not the interest of the bureaucrats that are managers of the education system. Mr. Zwelinzi Mavavi, thanks so much for stopping by and thanks to everybody else who participated. Shortened show tomorrow will be on from 7 until 9. It is Freedom Day, but right now it's time for the latest news with Nomsa Mdluli.